Welcome to the Stakes is High podcast, a real podcast having real conversation with real people. And I am Jones. What up, TC? What's good? All right, man. Damn, my bad. What's happening, brother? <laughs> I'm chilling, man. I don't know about I'm you. I'm always telling people our technical <laughs> issues, man. If something happened, man, I always let people hey, know, man. It's all hey, good. This is start. This is the start of the episode. There though. you go. About, there you go. There I don't you know go. what you're talking about. <laughs> What's what, happening, brother? What technical issue? <laughs> right, right. What's happening, brother? <laughs> I'm chilling, man. Uh, just, just, just uh, wedding planning over here. You know what I mean? I already know. Uh, uh, Sixty days out. Um, yeah, bro. Yeah, busy man. Grind time. Just like, yeah, it's tough, man. <laughs> it's uh, tough. Yeah, yeah. I get it, man. I get it. But fun, fun. I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer or anything like that. <laughs> I don't want to sound like a Downer. I don't want nobody come for me because I said Debbie was a Downer. I didn't say David was. God. I don't want to be a downer, bro, man. You got what? <laughs> what? I, I don't know what to say anymore, bro. Someone will come for me. I gotta protect myself. <laughs> you, you can't cuss. Out, you can't cuss your kids out. You can't do uh, nothing, man. man. I'm telling you, I think that's why my hey. If y'all follow us on Twitter, I took so over wait, Twitter wait. for. You got the stakes as high? <laughs> no, it was mine. It was oh. mine. They, they, they suspended me. G. I tweeted from ours. Saying like, yo, this TC Twitter banned me, blah blah blah. But nah, oh, all I, I did was quote what he said and basically like saying like, y'all mad? Like, I know parents. I seen your tweet. Worse. I seen your tweet. Yeah, young- yeah, yeah. yeah, they banned me for that tweet. Or suspended me temporarily. You and you. Like, Come on, bro. I, I quoted what what the Kirk Franklin said. I didn't. I didn't threaten anyone. You in Twitter man. jail, man? That's funny. Yeah. It was hate speech and violating a uh, policy. I'm like, but y'all last president just ran off at the mouth whenever he wanted. Man, it took y'all four plus years or whatever to ban. Man, you can like, watch, you can watch full, you can watch full blown porn on Twitter, bro. I don't know why they look a couple words, but you know what I mean. That's you crazy. absolutely can. And yeah. yeah, all I did was quote Kirk, and uh, yeah. now I'm in Twitter jail. Ah, you like Trump? You uh, you you banned, bro. TC man. Trump. It's all good, man. But yeah, man, we back at it again another week, man. You know, we want to uh, definitely um, shout out uh, our last Jack. guest, and that was Jackie. Hey, Jack. Jackie, yes, thank you for pulling up in the last minute like you always do, man. We, uh, you know, we had to 
we had a guest. I just like letting people know we had a guest uh, that had to had some issues. No, 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 man. I'm saying I'm giving Jackie props. I'm not telling what happened to the guest. I'm just saying uh-huh. we had we had a guest that had to back out respectfully last minute, and Jackie pulled up, man, just with a phone call away. So I'm giving Jackie respect, man. Nah, I'm not talking about our guest, man. I can't do that. It was respectfully decline, not decline, but had to reschedule. But uh, Jackie pulled up last minute, so thank you, Jackie, again. If you haven't listened to that episode in any of our past episodes. TC, where can they find us, brother? At Sticks is High Pod. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of our episodes you can find on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or interested in being a guest on the show, please shoot us an email to StakesIsHighPod at gmail.com. We have a guest today, brother. Yeah, we have a guest that I have known for years, plenty of years, way back when I was a little youngin, running the running the uh, the sidewalks of Northgate. (laughs) Yeah, man, back way back in the day, man. I was I was this I was getting uh, I was getting led or misled by we've had a previous guest, Chip, and um, man. this uh this this our next guest man has been um a heavy influence on my life just like chip was just like i said man back in the day um uh shout out to uh uh, Dolores D who was kind of like my second mother in a sense uh, that kind of was like a safe spot for me to go when I was younger right across right across the street and um rest in peace to her and um our next guest Alicia was like I said it was a safe haven man it was a it was a at, a, at the time you know I, I looked at it as being th- their house is normal you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. you let them tell it it wasn't, but that was normal to me at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, this our next That's guest, crazy how that worked. Yeah, too, yeah, man, it was just it was it was it was it was more. I guess I should say a lot more normal than what my household was at the time, man. But um, always respected uh, our next guest. Uh, she was older than us. She would scream at us and yell at us, but you know I knew it was <laughs> it was in love. But um, you know, always went off, man. When I knew when I she, I think when it came down to uh, someone going to a black college, I always I think you might have been the first person I knew to go to a black you know historical black HBCU, and uh, it was dope, you know. So and Miss Miss Owensby used to take us to the trips and everything. We never went. To, I don't think we ever came to the ski to Skeegee, did we? I don't think so, but maybe not. But anyway. Um, yeah, our next guest, man. Let me let me let me get to it. But uh, our next guest, educated, uh, someone I can call and get some advice. I know she's gonna tell me I'm wrong or a good idea or not. But uh, I've been waiting to have. We've had Penny, we've had Patrick, we had some other educators on, and now finally, we're getting Alicia. What's happening? Hey, hey, how are you? What's going on, man? I had to show Welcome, welcome. Welcome. I had to get that love. And when you made that face when I said y'all household was a little (laughs) bit normal, what's up with that? (laughs) Crazy. Our household was crazy. Insane. Hey, TC. Everybody think the grass green on the other side. You don't really know what's happening behind closed doors. You're like, damn, I I bet it's jumping (laughs) up. They have all the fun over there. Like, nah, that's just when people come around. But when y'all leave. I was there. Pre- know, I was there pretty regular, you were though. There a lot. I was yeah. there a lot. So it was 
crazy, but I think what made it somewhat normal is our mom was like mad supportive of us oh, man. in the in like really intimate ways always. Like she never missed an event. She, you know, she's picking us up, taking other people's kids. So that in that sense of normalcy, like, you know, you could always come to our house and play video games until I cooked you out. I was kicking everybody <laughs> yeah. out. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's hilarious <laughs> y'all gotta go hey man let me tell you man the mother was probably 4'11 maybe yeah. and uh, super sweet bro but her voice was probably like a voice of a seven foot like her voice was so loud bro and she was <laughs> <laughs> she would get on, she would get on chip man it was it was uh it was hilarious man but uh man she was like you said man she was she was 411 but she was like sister soldier like like she didn't play that dog you know what I'm saying so it was it was good man good times uh um but yeah, so shout out to you know rest in peace, D man. I, I had an opportunity to be a pallbearer and her, and and the you know the funeral and all that stuff. So uh, thank you guys. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate you for sure, for sure. But what's happening? How you doing? I'm good. Busy, yeah. good. And no you, complaint. You got to follow Patrick, man. You know, I know you and Patrick be. Uh, he's, he's on my last nerve. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick said he wanted to come on and do a hip hop episode. I'm waiting for you, brother. I know you're listening, man. We ready. We we got to get that hip hop going. He think he knows something about hip hop, TC. Mm. We gotta okay. get it going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but um, Alicia, you know, uh, like I said, you were the first person that I knew that I think you. I thought you was the smartest person I ever knew. Um, at the time, man, you know, because I seen that college. Because I think you know, like when I was young, of course. I went to high school with Chip, so when I was young, you know, we would see you going to college, and it was like, "Yo, she going to a black college," you know, what you know. Um, that was that was kind of like <laughs> it was so dope, you know, like, to see she, that she a real life Huxtable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she going to a black <laughs> college, like she made it, nigga, she made it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's right. Tell us that. Tell us that process. I know, uh, you know, and shout out to Chip. Chip ended up going to uh, Hampton, and yeah. you know, y'all had that. What encouraged you guys to come from Marion, Indiana, where we're probably, you know, out of thirty thousand, we're probably five percent black there. Um, what led y'all on to, you know, to not go to, you know, uh, predominantly white institution, P- with PWI? What, what, yeah, yeah. What, what, I feel uh, like you answered the question already. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, well, first. But maybe, though, because I didn't. I'm like, hey, whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so here's what's really interesting. So, you know, I grew up in Indianapolis until 13. So when we moved to Marion, my mom got a job at the VA uh, as a a social worker when I was in eighth grade. And so I was only in Marion literally for those four years. And then I left and went to Tuskegee. But my grandmother graduated from Lane, uh, Mm. from Lane College in uh, Tennessee. Shout out to Winston. Winston went to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so my, and then uh, two of my aunts graduated from Tuskegee and one of my uncles graduated from Tuskegee. And so like there was just this rich tradition of HBCUs in our family. And so my mom actually graduated from what what, what was Indiana Central at the time, what's now the University of Indianapolis. Uh, because she had her first back surgery when she was 12, another one when she was 14, and then the last one she was 18, so she couldn't go away to school. Uh, So we just had this rich tradition of HBCUs. I 
actually, in all honesty, fam, I thought I was going to fam. But That's where I wanted to go. Fam said, write an essay. And the laziness that is me said, uh, I'm just going to go to Tuskegee. They didn't say write an essay. So I'm going to go to Tuskegee. So it really is kind of how I ended up at Tuskegee because uh, I didn't want to write, to write the essay for fam. Uh, but, you know, it was the best experience of my life. Like when I talk about it, and I've had, you know, I've gone to great schools. I've had some great experiences, but the experience that sits with me and the most is Tuskegee, right? Like all my best girlfriends are my friends from Tuskegee. Uh, those are, you know, those are my predominant relationships. It was, it was really a life changing experience for me. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, 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 I contemplated it. And then Ball State was like, yo, we need some minorities. And I remember Miss Williams hit me. She was like, hey, listen, they're going to give you the most money. It's going to be, you know, I was like, all right, cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, I, I My, went. <laughs> mine got ruled out as simple as my folks were, you know, initially fronting the bill for school. Out of state, so, yeah. out of state, boom, boom. <laughs> out of state, like, stupid. Uh, nah, you gonna look right here, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so that was the same for us. So my mom paid for us to go to school. So we were, you know, we were those folks who my mom made just enough money where you didn't qualify for anything. And so, scholars, they played. Yeah, so we. You, you had to stay in so, state. You know, right. I had to be in state and you're, you couldn't, we weren't the first in our family to go to college. So we, and, and our mother was a social worker. So she had, she worked at the VA. So, you know, she had this professional kind of job, but she still was a single mom with two kids. So we just were like, just not enough money. So my mom, like the house that I currently live in. So I sold my house uh, mm-hmm. two years ago when my mom started getting sick and moved in with my mother. But the house I currently live in is the house that we've been in since I was six years old. My mother bought this house when I was six years old. And so, you know, that helped pay for us to go to school. So my mom just figured it out, right? Like figured out how to ensure uh, that we could get the education that we wanted. And she paid tuition for 10 consecutive years. So I was in school for five, Chip was in school for five, and we went back to back. I graduated, he started. Dang. 10 consecutive years of tuition. Wow. Yeah, strong woman, man. That's and that's crazy. So low. School debt free. Yeah, that's love. No, 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 no. Cause she got. Hey, we gonna talk about. She got many more credentials. Hold on, we gonna talk about the rest of these degrees. (laughs) She said, said, "Hold on." It's my man. I'm telling you, we need to get visual, bro. Y'all see how quick the finger went up. Hold up, hold up. When you start talking about that free, hold up. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm reeling in. You get your. So, did you get your bachelor's? And what? Okay, so let's talk about these credentials because I know you have some more. You went. You did some more schooling, and you kept on going and going. So, Tuskegee. What did you? What degrees? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so I got my bachelor. I finished my bachelor's at Tuskegee. So um, my degree was language arts education. So I was a high school English teacher. Um, And so I left Tuskegee and went to Columbus, Ohio, and worked there for two years. They recruited me uh, in undergrad to work there. So, like, I had three job offers. Columbus was close to home. They were paying the same as Orange uh, County, California. So I chose, you know, Columbus, Ohio. Started there, taught there two years, and then went to graduate school in New York City. Um, And so was in New York City, just went to grad school full time, 
was in New York City for a year um, and then went to Columbia, came back home and taught at North Central for two years. Um, you know, and then what often happens with women met a man and uh, decided that I was going to start this doctoral program. So got into this doctoral program in Mississippi, where this man happened to also live, uh, moved to mm-hmm. Mississippi and nobody calls me doctor. So clearly I did not finish the doctor doctorate and uh, got married and, you know, then just moved quite a bit after that. So. Uh, my ex-husband joined the Navy after we got married and I happened, and then we just happened to move like forever. So California, left California, mm. went to Italy, left Italy, uh, went to New Hampshire. Yeah, you was a military, military wife at that time. Yeah. yeah, I was, but then I got this really dope opportunity. So when I was, Chip was working in DC and he called and said, hey, there's this job that I think you would be really great for. They've interviewed all these people and they still haven't landed on the folks that they want. I didn't. I was like, okay, he called me. The first time I was like, cool, I never applied. He called me back and he was like, look, I think this job is really for you. They still haven't found the people they want for this role. Uh, so this is at the time when uh, one of probably the most uh, controversial educators in the country, Michelle Ree, was superintendent uh, in ch- or chancellor in DC public schools applied for the job and I got it. Mm. Uh, So ended up moving to DC and doing this work in DC as a master educator, where a part of my role was to go around the district and evaluate teachers in DC. And then at the end of the year, many of them, uh, 400 teachers lost their jobs. And we were all over the papers there. Cause this was, it was a really, really controversial role. But like we were seeing things like literally teachers sleeping in classrooms, like no exaggeration. Like it was, it was absolutely uh, neglect. The negligence that we saw, like we weren't walking in classrooms just saying, you're not a good teacher, you're not a good, it was like the worst of the worst, right? Like. That's crazy. So So, so did that. Go ahead. And then came came here to Tinley and started uh, at Tinley, got divorced. My grandmother passed away and uh, that was in 2012, came to Tinley, started at Tinley and been in Indianapolis ever since. Who who the thunk it? Who the thunk it? <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back. Back home. <laughs> so my question. So um, and it's kind of it's going to kind of go on to kind of like what you have current what you have going on currently. Have you always been in the public school system? Like you know, even just coming out, you know. And I know you said you were working with four hundred teachers. That was public school. And when you went to Columbus, was has your journey always been public school until Tinley? Yeah, so I was a traditional I was a traditional educator for 18 years. So I had never I had no experience in charter world. When I got here, I actually applied to like several districts and just didn't get a call back, right? Like didn't get a response. I interviewed with Tinley. Uh <laughs> I interviewed, finished the interview, got in my car. I got to 38th and Keystone to the light on 38th. Oh, damn, that's Keystone like a lesson. That was less than a block. Y'all know where Tinley <laughs> is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? They offered me the job, so uh, cool. you know, at the time it was, it was what I needed. You know, I was like I said, I was in the midst of divorce of a divorce, and so yeah, it was it was good. It was uh, a great opportunity, and I learned a lot. I consider, you know, I still consider Marcus Robinson without a doubt, one of the best educators I've ever had the opportunity to work with. 
um, he thinks about teaching and learning in ways that not many people do. And I think all of us who have worked with him would say the same thing. Like his vision for what school should be is uh, second to none. That's what's up. If you hey, if you listening, bro, come to the stakes is high. We want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But um, you know, it's uh, it's it's very, you know, um, it's very interesting because, you know, when we we're going to talk about charter charter schools and you know public, and one of the things that I've had like. You know, living in Marion, you know, all we had was a public school. Well, we had we had one private that was Lakeview, mm-hmm. but, you know, all the black folks went most of the black folks went to, you know, public school system. So that's all I knew. And mm-hmm. until I start going to college, I start seeing guys that that came from, you know, private schools, you know, regardless if it was cathedral, Chittar, you know, all these, you know, and, but I have never until like, as of recently, I would say probably 10 years ago, I start hearing more charter schools popping up and, you know, and, and Tinley is one of the main ones in Indianapolis that we always hear about, you know what I mean? So I guess has your attitude like towards like have you always been a component of like I shouldn't say your attitude but like have you always been a component of like pushing private school because that's where you were working because I know I I always been like I remember I see cats come to Ball State with me I'm like bro your parents paid for school I went to school for free you know what I mean like what you know what I mean but has that kind of been like something you like working in the public school system was that something that you looked at is just like kind of pride yourself off like yo I'm private I went public I teach public and I think public is is okay. You know what I mean? Is that kind of something you No, I don't. No, I, I can't I can't really say that I do. I think you have to do what's best for your child. Mm. Right. And I think there are some folks who need something different, right? And um so I don't know that I have this like must be public, must be traditional public. Like I'm a public school mom. I sent my child to public schools always. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also know that, you know, I have some agency, right? I can pick the neighborhood I lived in. I can say I want to live in this neighborhood and buy a house in that neighborhood to ensure that my child went to school, went to a good school. Everybody doesn't have that luxury. So I know that like people should be able to choose what works best for their children. And, you know, I taught more than 2000 I taught for 13 years so I taught more than 2000 kids in my 13 years of teaching um and and I taught at one private school so I, in Italy I taught at a little Montessori school that was private and I had never seen that level of wealth in my life like <laughs> this was another like I know folks with boats these mm-hmm. kids families had yachts yachts like, yeah for real like yachts along the Amalfi Coast yachts. So it was another level of wealth. Well, you know, if you have that kind of wealth, you're not sending your child to sit next to my little middle-class kid, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. you have different opportunities. And so I respect that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 
I've told the story plenty of times, but remember TC, the dude I, I followed my whole college career. <laughs> yes, dog. I guess you know. I guess at least one of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things, or I'll, yeah, he. I don't think he could. He couldn't. He couldn't adapt. I guess one of the things that I, I tell the story about a guy, black dude who went to school, and he ended up coming to coming to Ball State with us. But he went to like Cathedral, Shatar, one of the private schools, and he came in and had a hard time adapting because his white buddies that he went to school with kind of was like all right bro you know what i'm saying i'm great i'm great go ahead to delta delta over here delta tie i'm great pledge and then uh sorry yeah. okay and they kind of came they kind of adapted to their own circle which we naturally do as humans right we go to what looks like us or what sounds like us yeah, what man. you know that's just yeah. what we do yeah and he had a he had an issue like not being up he's never never tried he tried to be around the black folks and didn't really know how because he hadn't really you know what i mean mm-hmm. and by that by yeah. his by his senior year he had on uh, he had on a uh, he had on black fingernail polish with a with a uh trench coat on you know what I'm saying? <laughs> with green hair <laughs> yeah man so it's just like i think if you do have to i think you have to I think if you do put your, regardless of whatever your kids are in, public, private, uh, charter, whatever it may be, I think you you still have to help them understand and know their culture. You know what I'm oh, saying? Absolutely. You might have to take them over your cousin house for a weekend or something like that. Go over to Bay Bay them and y'all, ch- you know, get him get get him hooked up, y'all. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. When, we lived, when we lived in New Hampshire, like that was hard, right? It's New Hampshire. Um, and so we like there was one little black church with 50 <laughs> members. Guess where we went to church? Yeah, to that yeah. little bitty black yeah, church. Yeah, yeah. We would send we would send Kennedy here for the summer. Just like yeah. you just need to be around because New Hampshire is just New Hampshire, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's my favorite place to have lived. It just wasn't enough black people, and it wasn't more really? enough. Man, but I love New Hampshire. I love I actually love Maine. Maine is my favorite state. Really? Yeah, I, I think you like, just got. Like I don't know what to when you start saying them states, uh, I don't even know what to expect about right, them states. Right, like, right. I, they don't even cross my mind. I damn near gotta think hey, I gotta think like damn. Some white people. Hey bro, I gotta be like I'm like, damn, what's the capital of those states? There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Don't hey, I I I, I, don't I didn't mean, pass that. <laughs> That wasn't one of my strong <laughs> You're not gonna test me on capital. Yeah, man. But um but yeah, so um Tenley and let's go. What, what happened after that? Yeah, so I was at Tin. I, I was at Tinley. Uh, became the principal of Arlington High School while I was there. So Tinley took over Arlington. The first year I was assistant principal uh, for a little while. Then I got sent to work with Patrick Jones over at Tinley Prep. Which Shout is, out Patrick! Was, man, that was one of my best experiences. I love working with Patrick. I still love working with Patrick. We still talk regularly. Um, he's one of my favorite people to work with. Uh, he's a, an amazing thought partner. And so did that principal of Arlington for a couple of years left. So then I basically got an ultimatum for my 14 year old. So my daughter was like 14, 15 at the time. And she said to me, mom, if you continue to be a principal, I'm going to go live with dad. Well, it's not like dad lives around the corner. Dad's in DC. Yeah. So, uh, so she ain't asked. She told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She literally <laughs> sat me down. Like oh, she's okay. sitting in front of the fireplace. She was like, we need to talk. <laughs> She was 14. At least was, she gave you a nice setting. She gave you a fireplace. Yeah. <laughs> she was not. And she was serious. And, what, what, what was her reasoning? Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about that. What, 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 I mean, what, what, what led her to 
at 15 years old um what gave her what, what made her put that pressure on you um you know i work a lot so if you when you're a principal when you are in turnaround like so this is turnaround work so the state had taken over arlington we were there to do the work of turning that school around and turnaround work is really really hard work mm-hmm. and it is time consuming work and so like there were a lot of days when, you know, I'm running home to pick her up and bring her back to school because I'm going to be at school until eight, nine, ten o'clock at night or she's home by herself. Right. And so it was just like, if you continue to be a principal, I'm, I'm out this thing. So, you know, I only have one. So it's not like I could be like, go ahead. I'm going to play with your brother. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I only have one. And so. And, you know, I love her more than anything. And so I, I stepped away from the principalship for three years. And so I went to Crystal House, um, which was a really good experience. Opened my eyes in different ways. It's a Crystal House has this international work that they do. So my first two weeks on the job, I was in Cape Town, South Africa, and spent two weeks in Cape Town learning about the role and, and how they did it in Cape Town. and what the expectations might be uh, in Indianapolis. It's two totally different contexts, so the work couldn't look the same, but I, I did, you know, Cape Town is amazing. That's what's up. So, yeah, so uh, <laughs> spent three years at Crystal House, and then in 2018, Kennedy graduated from high school, and I decided uh, I decided to apply for the Mind Trust Fellowship. And so... I remember you telling me <laughs> that, like, yo, I'm going to start... I remember you were in the process of starting to, you know, like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to own my own school. And I remember that. Remember you getting started in some of the ideas you had. And I was like, yo, that's dope. And then I didn't really understand the impact. You know what I mean? I'm going to tell you the time I really I kind of understood how big it was when you had that meeting down at the city county building. And I went. In there, oh, I was yeah. like, "Yo, this is serious!" <laughs> like, damn, this is crazy. <laughs> like, this ain't like a. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting in there like, "Damn, this is pretty serious." Like, you know what I mean? So, um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about you know your thought process in starting your school and the direction you went into it, and just kind of give us a little information about it. You know, just about what's going on with it now. Sure. So this is our, we're in our inaugural year. So we open in the midst of a pandemic. Who does that? But I mean, you know, when I think about how I started, I think it was a combination of all of my experiences. So, you know, I, I, as I've said, I think Tinley was doing some of the absolute best work in the city as it related to educating black children. Um, however, I was making, I was cutting corners trying to keep from suspending kids, right? So I'm like literally cutting corners because that's what Tim Lee's known for, right? You do some, was known for at the time. If you do something, they're sending you home. Any little thing you do, you, they're sending you home. And so when I started the PATH school, what was really important for me is that we, you know, understood how to get to rigorous academics. And we combined rigorous academics with this social and emotional development. And we are really intentional about thinking about the social and emotional development of young people. And we 
like when I say intentional, I mean intentional. So like we have three social workers. Uh, we we partner with an organization so our kids have therapy on site every day. We uh, ensure we have a nurse practitioner in our building. We have all of these layers of support for children, for young people. And what we also do is we're intentional about not suspending children. Um, and that's probably the hardest work. And what I'm learning in this work is, um, it's hardest for adults, particularly adults who have been doing this work for a long time. Uh, so if I've been a teacher for 10 years and a kid calls me a bitch, he needs to go home for 10 days, right? Or he needs to go home for three days at least. Like, uh -huh. yeah, he just called me a bitch in front of the whole class. <laughs> and so, yeah. what, what, but, what, but let me ask you a question real quick. And, yeah. and so, yeah. so, the thing with Tinley, right? I've always heard that about Tinley. Like, yo, if you got the wrong socks on, your ass going home. You know what I'm saying? Has that been a part of somewhat the, the I guess, I, I wouldn't say success, but the discipline behind, is that kind of like what their, their process, their thought process was? Like, yo, listen, we're serious here. You have to have on a belt. You have to have on socks. Like, isn't that making the parents and the students also be accountable? It is. I mean, it really is more about like, we're preparing you for life, right? And there's some things in life you just have to do. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. And here, that thing in life is wear a belt. But out there, that thing in life might be something different. Yes. But the reality is, there are these things that you just have to do, right? Mm. And so it's like I pledging, mean, like you, you online, you know what I mean? For the man, <laughs> man, today is my anniversary. Just oh man, oh, it's been a Happy long time. Hey, have, how, how long? How long has it been? 31 years. 31. Damn. Happy, happy Delta wow. version. <laughs> Damn, I'm only, I'm only touching 16 this year. Yeah. Wow, I'm you clearly a lot younger than I am. I'm in my, I'm in my 20s, though. We, you in the 20s? Yeah, spring, spring okay. 98, baby. <laughs> Follow five. Yeah, yeah. Y'all killing me. So, but yeah, so... um. You know, I, I guess that's one of the things that seemed that was like the seriousness of of Tinley is the the discipline behind some of the things that that just basically having an expectation for yeah. the students like, hey, because this is this is what we expect. You know what I mean? And it's not we're asking you to, you know, it's, put a belt on, bro. Don't forget your belt. <laughs> you know what so, I mean? So when you were saying some of the adults are, you know, at at the path school, <laughs> like adults that are having, yeah, you're good, um, issues with, you know, I guess the way of, of doing things, is it because they feel like they're they're more responsible of like a parental, like what's their, what's their beef? You know, like yeah. what, what's the issue that they're having? They feel like they're doing too much. They're, they're, it's, their role is extending beyond teaching. <laughs> like, are you expecting us to be their parent too? And that, like, what is it? I think, you know, more than anything is what we know, right? Like mm -hmm. discipline in schools has been the same for at least the last 35 years. Easy, right? so easily, yeah. 40, maybe 40 years. So if you... Oh, it, no, because I was getting paddles when I was in school. But absolutely, that's, me too. That stopped, that stopped, man, maybe like third grade or something. So it was like the 80s, yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing, the paddling was a consequence, right? Yes. And it was a direct consequence that you could put your hand, you could say, you do this, this is the consequence. And what I'm saying is, you do this, 
what's behind all of this? Yes. Like, you don't just, we don't just call adults bitches for nothing. Like, where is this coming from, right? Like, even Man. if that, even if you feel like the adult did something to you, because I've been raised in a way that I know that's disrespectful, that's not the way I respond, right? Yes. That's just not a normal response. So for us, I we think about this from this perspective of, if this is your, behavior is, behavior's data, right? So the way a person acts is telling you something. Yes. How you react to that is the choice of the school. So we just say we're not reacting in this punitive way. Yeah, real quick. So like I remember I worked at school 27. I was uh, I worked for Midtown, so I was school based. And I remember there was this little kid uh, on my caseload that continued to get in trouble. So I knew his background. I knew he had like seven brothers and sisters. He was the youngest. So what he would do was in class, he would speak out or he would do, ooh, 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 or he would just yell out the answer. So the teacher would always discipline it. I had to go to her. I said, hey, listen, he's he's fighting for any space he can get in his household with seven brothers and sisters. So he has to speak out. He has to stand out. And yet I say, I, I'm like, can we try to figure out a way instead of discipline him? I, we, I need to let him know like, Hey, you can't, you know, you can't speak out of turn. It's disrespectful, but there is a rhyme and reason behind him. He's, mm-hmm. he's fighting for position in his household, yeah. three, a three bedroom household and there's seven kids in that mug. He fighting Absolutely. for he fighting for position. So when he comes to school, he just can't you know he can't turn he it can't off. Turn it off. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's like black kids who go to a black church. Guess what they doing out of, in a black church? The preacher talking, and guess what they doing in the, in the talk oh, to a yeah. preacher? <laughs> it's like yeah. that's what they know. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, call responsible thing. So you know, like, but it, that's hard for many adults in schools, right? So we're not saying we're not doing anything, yeah. but what we know for sure is, you know, and the, the the anecdote I like to give is. So we've said, if you have this much marijuana, you're going to jail for this long, right? If you have this much cocaine, you're going to jail for this long. It didn't change the game. These punitive measures have not changed behavior, right? Mm. Except for we've landed ourselves with a whole lot more hopelessness than we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Like when people are killing folks over stimulus checks, there's a a level of hopelessness that is out out of control, right? And so we've got to reframe and rethink how we how we serve children and so the past school that's really what we do we try to think about it differently we aren't there yet we're in year one in the midst of a pandemic like we're learning a lot uh we're changing we're growing but we're moving in the right direction that's what's up man so um your school is in hallville yeah what is your 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 um the like your student ratio as far as race goes? What's your 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 racial yeah uh, demographic demographic? Yeah, yeah. we are. We are 70%, we're about 70% Latinx, 65, 70% Latinx. Mm. Uh, we are, you know, the, the papers say we're about 20% black. I don't know that we're that much, but mm. probably right around 20% black and then 10% white. Um, so our black population includes a really large African population. Mm. Uh, so 
Yeah, we've, uh, we, we've got a really large immigrant population, and so we spend a lot of time with our English uh, language learners because we've got 280 of our scholars are English language learners. So we're spending a lot of time talking about literacy, spending a lot of time focused on literacy. As you all know, you know, I know there's uh, young children, as you know, um, math is a lot of literacy. If you can't read and comprehend word problems, you're going to struggle. In trouble, yeah. You are in trouble. And so it's not the math that we grew up with where it's just a problem work. The problem where nah. you can be pretty successful, kids have to be able to read and yeah. comprehend pretty yeah. well. Sally had, Sally has three apples and she gave three to her like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> you know, if they can't read that, it's over. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So for in the simplest way, the difference between, because um, a lot of people listening right now may not even understand and know what a charter school is. What is a charter school? So a charter school is a public option for families. It is a public school that serves anyone in the, you know, in the city. So you could, you could live, you could really live anywhere in Indiana. We serve anyone, you could live anywhere in Indiana. And if you could get your child to the path school every day, that child could go there. I think one of the things that people often think about charter schools is that like we pick kids I didn't. We don't. Whoever shows up is who we serve. We serve special education scholars. We serve English language learner scholars. We have, you know, I have a director of special education. We call them exceptional learners. I have a director of exceptional learners. I have a director of uh, ELL. We serve anybody who comes. But we are a public choice for families. Cool, cool. So, yeah, that answers one of the questions that was on. So I have a... um, a list of questions uh, and I was having this conversation with a, a public school teacher I won't even give the district or anything like that out but um, they seem to have been anti-charter school and the first question I asked was why and she started giving all these you know these 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 cons of charter school I said well first of all we have to be fair all charter schools aren't created equal likewise with all public schools you know what i mean because you can you can you can make this general statement and make all public schools the worst thing ever you know and we know there's some great public schools out there and likewise with charter schools so i was like you know that's my first statement is you can't you can't all of you can't all of them aren't equal when when, in your in your judgment of charter schools or public schools or private schools but um gave gave I said, well, can you write down a list of questions? I have a charter school teacher, uh, owner of uh, the PATH school, the the boss, the big dog of PATH. I have them coming on. So can you write these questions down? So I have a few questions. And one of the ones you did answer is like, you know, um, I think people have the misconception of thinking like you go and you pick the best of the best and you get who you want. But you answer that question of saying, hey, if you can get here. Yeah. We got you, we got you. So that was that was one of the ones. And uh, question is uh, the profit or non for profit with the charter school? How is that workers funding and everything? Yeah, so that's a that's a really great question. So there are for profit charters, right? Like there are schools out there, and I don't understand how they work. So we're non profit. Uh, we are, the PATH School is a nonprofit. We partner with Indianapolis Public Schools. So we literally, so I've done turnaround work before. We literally took over one of their failing schools um, and every scholar who was there before who decided to stay, 
we're serving them right now. So we didn't go out and say, hey, give me a whole new crop of kids. Y'all, yeah. these kids don't work. Like, that's not how it works, right? Like, kids don't, it's, kids aren't failing. Mm. Adults are failing children. Mm. Kids are doing the best they can with what we are pouring into them. And so, you know, yeah, so we we are, a, there are for-profit schools. We are a non-profit. Okay. Uh, and I don't know, like, I don't know all the for-profits and I don't understand how they work. So Gotcha, gotcha. That happened a lot in Gary, man. A lot of the, um, like, a lot of the schools that were there when I was growing up, man, they, Either are non-existent or or transferred over to a to a charter school. My mom was actually a, was a principal um, at a charter school in Gary for many years. So yeah, it's uh yeah it's interesting, man. That, the the whole charter school thing, but I I, I didn't know that there were gripes about charter uh, school. So I I'm, oh, I'm, oh, I'm big gripes. <laughs> yeah, man. Because, because all I hear is my mom was my mom's point of view, and yeah, you know yeah, she yeah. ran a school, and and you know she was the principal there, so. Um, yeah, I heard I heard the positive besides you know the the dealing with parents and and, 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 the, and the mess that they that's all you know, schools <laughs> yeah that's, yeah that's, yeah the yeah. parents but yeah so I, I think what happened was I think you know like I remember uh, I remember uh, shout out to Tion my saying is Tion I remember he got approached to be on the board for a charter school that a couple cats was trying to trying to start up and he had to respectfully bow out he was like man these dudes ain't about the right they just trying to get a money grab and he was like you know that's what and i think you know individuals like yeah. that give you guys bad names so um yeah i but, would um, agree and i think there's a lot i think there is some of that out there right like people looking for monetary gain but the reality mm -hmm. is like we get the same funding that everybody else does mm -hmm. and, and sometimes less right so like I get per pupil dollars and I've got to figure out th those per pupil dollars just like any other school you know I have title one funding you know it's just it's I still have to think about money in the very same way and because we don't get like we don't get all the transportation funding that other schools get we've got to also think about something like we don't get refer I, while I took over in Indianapolis public school and we know that a referendum was passed for Indianapolis public schools I don't get access to that money so mm. that money doesn't come I've got to figure out okay where can I find some additional money how can I get my board to fundraise how can I you know get my friends to give so we can make sure <laughs> yeah. our kids have uniforms yeah yeah, yeah. Um, another question uh, that was on there it was it was uh, in reference to the educators the teachers at the school and you know being licensed or not yeah. and how is that how is that what's the what's the rules behind that in charter school yeah so i think that a lot of people think that our teachers are unlicensed teachers um like everybody else, we, we cannot have more than 10% of our staff unlicensed. You can have a charter license or you can have, you know, a, a state teaching license. Uh, oftentimes, teachers will come from alternative programs. So that would be like Indianapolis Teaching Fellows. Uh, that would be TFA, which many people are, you know, Teach for America, which many people are familiar with. But our teachers also have licenses. Um, okay. And so, uh, you know, it's, I still have my teaching license. I've had a teaching license for forever, mm -hmm. right? And I still have, I still hold a teach, teaching license. I was a national board certified English teacher, um, and I still hold a license now. So yeah, we are, we are licensed. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, if you had to ask, well, here's the question. I just, what can your your charter provide that a public school can't? 
Yeah, I think that, so I think that's a question that a lot of people ask. Why charter? Why not just go into a traditional public school, right? Yes. And like I said, I was a traditional public school educator for 18 years. I taught at North Central, right? So uh, the difference is autonomy. The reason people open charters is because you just have more autonomy to do what you want to do. So you aren't, you aren't held to the same requirements or you aren't held to the same Whatever the district is doing, you have to do. So at the standard, is it? Would you say standard? Yeah, we still, but we still we teach to standards. But I get to choose my own curriculum. There you go. I get to choose how many social workers I have in my building. I get to choose how I structure my programming and what works for. So I'm thinking about the scholars we serve. So the reason we have three social workers at the path school is because we strongly believe in social and emotional development. The school before had one social social worker serving 600 scholars. Nobody can serve 600 people well, Mm -mm. right? These are people. We cannot serve people well with one to 600. So we have three. So now we're serving, and we have 500 kids, so now we're serving about one to 175, Mm -hmm. which makes a whole lot more sense, right? When you talk about serving people and i think sometimes we don't think about like these are people they need they need groups they need uh small group sessions they whatever it is they need we can serve them differently so Mm -hmm. yeah this is my question not the question she had but like how is it like with as far as like do you guys take like the i step or any of the standardized testing and how do you guys as far as the path school goes even just with this being you know the first four year even just based off the i guess the corona year <laughs> i guess we would call it that yeah but how was how was like you guys as far as the path school in general i can't i know you can't speak for all charter but how's it go as far as like you guys is uh like compared to like a public school when it comes down to the grades and just like i step tests and everything like that how do you guys how do you guys stand up to that yeah so we do take we take we just finished i read with our third graders um and so we literally i think we have two more scholars to test uh so we have two more tomorrow uh, and then but so i read we take we'll take i learn uh in end of april just like everybody else so we take all assessments, all state required assess required assessments. We take all of those, um, and then, you know, in terms of grading, we have again because we have some autonomy. We use a standards based grading system, which many people are not familiar with. But instead of saying you get it, so what most what happens for most of us, you get a grade in math, and it says a B. Mm-hmm. Your parents see the B and they have no idea what you know in mathematics. They just know you got to be in math. Right. And it doesn't say like you now can multiply fractions. It doesn't. Mm. So we use a system where we take the standard. The standard is actually on the scholar's report card. And then by that standard, it will say one, not yet, two, developing, three, on target, or four, exceeds the standard. So you know exactly where your child stands. And then every quarter when report cards, so our report cards will, our teacher's grades are due Friday. Next Thursday and Friday, we will have what are called scholar-led conferences. So our scholars will lead their parents through a conversation about their grades, how they're performing, they'll show their work. 
So teachers don't do this work. Teachers help them get it together. So they spend like a few days next, they'll spend next week. They practice with them. Like they practice, like, what are you going to say to your parents? And yeah. all the work they have that. And then the scholars will have conversations with their families about their grades. And I think it has helped us have the turnout we had. So our very first round of scholarly conferences, we had 75% attendance last in our first yeah. year. So that was the first nine weeks of school. And then our second round, we had 85% attendance. Oh, that's dope. And so like, because scholars are leading these conversations, right? Like parents, who's not gonna come show up for their kids? Like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. like teaching, uh, what what grade? Uh, what grades hey, are at the school? Kinder, kindergarten through eighth grade. Through eight. I mean, that's teaching at a young age, a kid how to essentially lead a, a business meeting. Like, all right, mm-hmm. we're giving you the key, you lead, you talk to me about it. I'm not talking to you, you, you run the show. I'm gonna sit back and listen. And that's like, some people don't even get that experience until they're in the workforce. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, think, but also think of the pressure it takes off teachers. So like a lot of times teachers complain, like the kid won't do the work. Mm-hmm. You gonna tell your mama you won't work. I ain't telling her. You yeah. the one not doing the work. Yeah. So it really changes the game. And kids become, they really invest more uh, because they know they're gonna have to tell their parents about like why they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and it, yeah. Changed, it really does change that. Yeah. You wow. know what's crazy? I remember like when I was growing up, I would get grounded if I got a D. Uh, I had to bring home A's, B's, and C's. And I would just, I would like, I, when she looked at the report card and be like, you grounded. I'd be grounded until the next report card. So that was six weeks Me of grounded too. there. <laughs> I'm like, God, Dang. six I'm weeks. Oh, man, I remember. And like she would attempt to try to pull me off the basketball, football team, whatever it may be. I, I you know, I tried my hardest. I rarely got these A, B and C student. But if I did and my problem always with that, as I got older, I start realizing like she would just ground me, but never find out why I received the D. Never would say, hey, let's go talk to this teacher. Hey, let's, it was like, you got a D? All right, cool. You're responsible for getting a C. Like, didn't know if I was struggling, didn't know what was going on, just knew that, hey, you just better not bring home that D. And it sounds like what you're talking about for the kids to be able to talk to the, talk to their parents and say hey this is what's going on you know what i mean i think that's i think that's i think that that's super super dope and then you know the parents can follow up with the teacher like hey or well, whatever it may be in the, room, the teacher's in the room yeah, so yeah the yeah. teacher can like help with the conversation but we yeah. also remember 80 percent of our kids or or you know 70 percent of our kids are second language learners true, so true, like true. We have to have, so we have to have translators there to have, to sit in these meetings. So we're hiring like Swahili translators. We have some staff members who can translate Spanish, but we also hire Spanish translators to be at those meetings. Uh, We do them virtually or in person, depending on what the the families want. And because of COVID, we still have 140 kids who are totally virtual. So we have five teachers, we have, kindergarten through fifth grade we have a teacher online just for our online scholars and then we have our teachers who are in the building too yeah. it's been a crazy year wow yeah. Yeah. yeah um one of the questions that she wrote down it said 25 percent of all charter schools close after five yeah. years and about yeah. half after 15 years why do you think that i mean it's financial most of the time it's financial and so 
the, the reality, like all schools, in order to keep your doors open, you have to have funding. butts in seats. Yeah. Like the reality is your funding comes from children in the building. And so if you do not have children in the building, it's extremely difficult to stay afloat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's just the reality for any school, any school district, large True. or small, like you just have to have children in seats. Absolutely. See, and, and so what you're doing at your school is smart to me because because it's like you are developing the person like you know like the whole you did something bad you got a d you got a f whatever you suspended you're you know you go home or you're in detention it's like no we're gonna figure out the issue yeah so we don't have this be a repeat issue and i think that that is something that will continuously draw people to your school because it's like you are going to help develop this child and everybody doesn't have that comfort when they hand their child over to a school you know what i mean for those eight hours whatever a day they don't man they don't know what what's what's going on you know what i mean and like they probably I, feel safe in your hands you know what i mean i'll tell you though so you would think that but here's the reality so it sounds good when your child <laughs> is a kid who who calls somebody a bitch but if you're on the receiving end of bitch, you yeah, they like, that hold on, you ain't gonna kick her out? You she just ca- uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boy, there we go. So, yeah. when, we, yeah. when, we, so when we talk about Wait, having, hold on, she back in class? Right. So when you talk about having a restorative conversation, people looking at you like you got a hole in your head. But we really are. That's the work that we're doing. So we're sitting young people down together. We have peer mediators, our 7th and 8th graders, our peer mediators. So they, they start with the peer mediators. If that doesn't work, Work. Then we go to restorative conferences with folks who are on our culture team. But we're really intentional about it. But I'm telling you, if your kid is the one that got called the bitch, oh, you, you yeah, ready to take like, all of us what's out. Happening? Get, that, I, I get, it, get his little ass out of there. Yeah. But, but I think it is something that's very important, right? Like uh, I was having a conversation with someone and I was saying like how growing up when you're dealing, it was, it was about high school coaches. And with high school coaches, and a lot of, you know, regardless if it's a sport or whatever it may be, even we could just go into teachers and kind of like I just told the story about when I worked at school 27, what happens is like you don't get to know these kids. You don't get to know what's going on in their life. These kids just become another number that's going to make profit for you or they're going to win you games. And you don't know this kid is having a bad practice because he didn't eat last night yeah. because his mom was gone all day. You know, you don't understand that. You just get on and get on line run 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 and you don't understand you don't try to get to know these kids and be like hey man what's going on you all right and my mother my yeah. mother yeah mom didn't come home last night okay bro put your arm around them go ahead and go in the locker room man let's figure out try to get you something to eat you know what i mean they don't do that it's like get, get on the line you know i'm like damn bro like you know so mm-hmm. it's interesting it's good that you said it's kind of like you said if you're if your kids on the other the receiving end you know like what's going on but like you said, there is a lot of times there's always this is deeper than this just calling you a bitch. You know what yeah, I mean? <laughs> it is. I mean, you know, the, the level of work that, you know, uh, so I just did this panel discussion with the United Negro College Fund and the Mind Trust last week. And one of the things that we talked about was this like intrusive advising. Right. So like, how do you get so in folks business yeah. that they feel like a little a little uncomfortable? Right. But that's where the game-changing work happens, for, for, in my opinion. So we're doing things with our eighth graders. Like, we've been on high school visits. So if you've been at a school, what often happens, y'all know, like, you're in eighth grade, 
you just they just transfer you to the next school. Nobody yeah. talks up to you about what your options are, what's a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. So we've been literally so our our eighth graders have gone to Purdue Polytechnic High School last week. Uh, last Friday, they went on a, a, a high school visit at Believe Circle City, and then they also went to the Children's Museum. So we are we have a guy on our team. His job is to help kids find a right fit high school. People do it for college all the time, find yeah. the right fit college. But guess what? If I don't get the right fit high school, I'm never getting to college. To college so yeah. I've got to make sure that this transition from eighth grade to ninth grade is a good yeah. one. And we throw that. So we're doing all that we have. A, his job is like to bring pain. We have what are called pathways meetings. He brings families in. He walks them through the process of the 21st century scholarship. If English isn't your first language, if you speak Swahili, like just understanding the process, we hire tra- uh, translators just to help our uh, Swahili families, our Spanish speaking families. Most of our kids can help their parents who are Spanish speaking. Our Swahili kids, speaking kids, they cannot. So we have to yeah. hire translators. So it has to be like really intrusive on a lot of levels. Yeah, uh, so yeah, we just yeah. try to be really intentional about support. Really, like people talk about support, but for us, that is that's really our uh, where we ground ourselves. Like really ground ourselves in support. I, I, that's that's a first, man. I don't think I've ever heard you know someone speak about prepping uh, for going to the right high school. Like you said, it's you just go from here. To, like mm-hmm. I already knew, like. In the school I went to, like elementary, like it's already mapped out. If you in this neighborhood, it's your elementary, your middle, your high. That's it. Ain't no questions. Ain't no prep. Yeah. It's what the thing going, going the there, thing, there, there, there. That's it. Yeah, but the thing, <laughs> the, the thing that's different nowadays, even in like, uh, even in the city of Marion, like these kids, like they're remember, like you, were, whatever district you were in, that's what middle school you mm-hmm. went to. That's what. Yep. Now they're having it to where you're allowed to pick what school you go to, and that's that's a huge change. You know what I mean? And I know, yeah. like you know, it's like you say, it gives you options, more options. You know what I mean? Man, so. I mean, our, our eighth graders have been looking out. They get pizza. People like <laughs> people yeah. like, hey, come over here with us. Like, <laughs> so it's yeah. it's been working out for them. Pizza, um, like the, like the <laughs> plastic like rectangle pizza, like. The, like the old oh, school rectangle slices? They, nah, man. They, people are ordering Papa John. Yeah, yeah, really? and, oh, okay. yeah, like because they're having, we call it, we have lunch and they'll say they have lunch and learns. Mm-hmm. So they have lunch at the, the school that is, the high school that's coming to visit will buy them lunch and then they sit and have a conversation about, learn about their school. So they're yeah. doing lunch and learns pretty regularly. Yeah, so. you win somebody over with food. Like, oh, they got okay. food? Okay, let's go sit in here. Yeah, absolutely. I don't even have to. <laughs> yeah. Man, that was class yeah. classic back in the day. Man, man. <laughs> um, the next question, um, and you kind of answered this, uh, but the question was, are charter schools allowed to turn away students that public school must take? So I think it's always been under the assumption that, like, no matter what, public schools have to take them. Like, hey, you sign up, you're going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that is that something that you have? The, I know you say you don't, but do you have the freedom to say, nah, 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 nah. You, you can't come over here. No, I do not. Damn. Okay. I have, if they come, we are public schools. We come to the doors, we must serve you, right? Um, and there are some bigger schools that have like, because they have waiting lists, they have lottery systems. So you have to make sure you get in round one. So it, uh, Indianapolis has a one match system through Enroll Indy. So you have to enroll, go through Enroll Indy, get in the one match. Like it's a process, right? Mm-hmm. But 
if you're not if you're not at capacity and a kid comes to your door, you have to take them. Damn. It doesn't matter behavioral issues or anything like that. Like if they not have a history of <laughs> like they got kicked out of this school, that school, that one. That's no probably matter. why most of them come to charter. Like, hey, I've been out of <laughs> Now, in the state of Indiana, and this is any school, if a child has been expelled, you do not have to take them uh, until their expulsion is up. And that's any school. That's any school in the state. Sure. As long as they've got an expulsion. So, like a 365 is you brought a weapon to school. I just use that as an example. So, you got suspended, you got expelled on November 1st. You cannot go back to school. You got to spell November 1st, 2020. You cannot go back to school till you serve your full 365. Mm. So you can't go back to November 2nd of 2021. And no school has to accept you with an expulsion. Other than that, you can go. Got it. Okay. What about, and this is not, this is my question, I guess, because, uh, you know, I worked, like I said, I worked with special uh, I worked with mental, mentally. I worked at Midtown, which was more, um, you know, students who were had a certain type of mental health, regardless if it's ADHD, ADD, depression, all that. You know, yeah, whatever. We have, that's we have them in our building. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Do you guys have like a like a, a special ed or a special needs or what? What, what is it called now? Probably learner disabled Our, or something. Ours was called we, EH. It was called EH back in the day. Now what is it so now? We we call we call our special education department exceptional learners because okay. I so one of the things that I think often happens is people forget about gifted kids. Gifted kids really do fall into one of those yes. categories. An exceptional yes. learner. For sure. Um, and so uh, so we do not have like an EH program. So we don't have like a, a self-contained classroom where all uh, the okay. EH scholars yeah, are. We don't have that's that. That's where I was at most all, of the time. Yeah, I was yeah, kicking yeah. it no. with them boys. I loved it, man. <laughs> all, all of our, what, what old school called, we called it mainstreamed. So all of our kids are in classrooms with, okay. uh, with, okay. with typical age peers. Yeah. Man, I used to love going with the EH kids, man, because what a lot of times it wasn't a they was just some bad most of the time bad kids, so they got a label. And I used to be like, man, chill out. I used to and, like and What does EH mean? What's that? <laughs> emotional mean? handicap. Okay. Yeah, right. I used to so be I in just there. knew uh, S- we said bad. Nah, we we used to say LD it, back in the day. It was like uh, a derogatory term yeah, yeah. to to say sped. So it was like I'm like that's the abbreviation, right? And like, yeah. But you can't say it. Yeah, you can't. That's why I say it. What is it called now? Like man, he in them LD classes. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Growing up, yeah, like, yeah. In a hey, bro, class. I always tell the story, man. I always tell the story, man, with me and Anthony, my childhood friend, man. Man, they tried to put me and him in this LD class. I remember, bro, we was in this class, and it was like all black people, first of all. Like, ain't no white kids at LD. Come on, dog. So <laughs> it was just one time. It was one period. And they would put us all, and we would all race to the class to get this one seat where nobody could see us. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Hey bro, man, she, kids are kids are cruel, bro. You can't, they are. You can't get caught. Hey, you know I, I mean? don't even know, bro. I don't know. How, my mom didn't know. Nobody knew I was in this LD class, bro. Oh, come on. What? I promise. 
And they she used to give us candy. She used to give us Tootsie Rolls for getting the answers right. Boy, I used to leave out that mug with so much candy. That's that's why you was going, bro. You was going for the sweets. Nah, they put me in that class, man. It was all us black kids. Black. It was black boys and black little girls, bro. And none of our parents knew. I don't know how they did that to us, dog. That's, yeah, that's that. That sounds so sad. Welcome, yeah. welcome to Marion. <laughs> yeah, they had us LD classes, man. LD it was one class, man. I'm like, I don't even know what the hell I was in that class. I think because I was just bad. I used to get talked so much in class and all that, man. Next thing I know, I was in the LD class. Like, what the hell? It might have been EH. I don't know what it was called, but the lady used to give us candy. I walk out that bitch with a whole bunch of candy. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, man, yeah, pay attention to y'all kids in school so they don't put them in a secret LD class, man. Facts. That's, that's wild. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, secret man. LD class. But um, uh, last question: What extracurricular activities are offered at the PATH school? I know you have a lot. Uh, well, you know, we. So our plan is to right, but the so so says the year of COVID, right? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, so. Yeah. You know, we're in the part in the process of working on a partnership with Tab. So we don't have bleachers in our gym. Mm. And so where do people okay, sit? No hoop squad. So what I've what oh. I learned, what I've learned is that a lot of elementary schools partner with Tab and run their programming out of Tab. And so mm. uh, that's probably what we're going to do is partner with Tab. And we've got, you know, they they have a season starting in April. Um, oh, nice, nice. so we're just working on transportation and you know, where we serve, oftentimes scholars won't have transportation to events. And so we're trying to make sure that whatever we set up, we make sure that they can get there and they can do that consistently. Um, and so we would have, we will have uh, soccer, basketball, soccer is probably the primary sport for our school, uh, basketball and flag football. And all of those sports will be co-ed. Oh, nice. And then, of course, we have, you know, uh, I'm trying to trying to figure out this podcast thing so we can have a school podcast. Come on, man. We waiting. Yeah. We waiting. We waiting. And then we have things like our, you know, we have peer, you know, our kids are doing peer mediation. Our, we have some scholars leading announcements every day and we do those via video. And so they're up on the screen. We have, you know all the normal elementary school stuff that that goes on the goal is to continue to grow so we can offer more clubs in school uh we've just struggled there with COVID this year yeah yeah and look and the thing about extracurricular as far as sports goes they're really i mean elementary school what there's not a lot of you know what i mean like there's some like because you guys go to fifth grade right we got an eight. 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 Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Gotta get, y'all got to get a seventh grade, seventh, eighth grade team for sure. And, for sure. For sure. And what I think about is, so, you know, you keep your son in sports year round. You're going to pay for those. You're going to make sure he's exposed. You're going to make sure he gets there. You're going to make sure he gets the training he needs, mm-hmm. right? My, our, Many of our families, not all, like I don't want to blanketly say all, but many of our families don't have that kind of access. And so for us, this really is about about providing some access that they would not otherwise have. Mm-hmm. Have you guys, so I know like you said, like, uh, oh, one of the questions I did skip, it was said, uh, it was, okay, if charter, so it's saying why, why, it seems like, why is the student body predominantly minority and or poor it was talking in relation to the education the 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 it says 
If charter schools are providing top tier education, why why is the student body predominantly minority and or poor? I'm not sure we're providing top tier. I'm sure you think that, but I don't know like if that's kind of like a general statement. But yeah, what it, what is it about? Because you know, like you do hear charter schools. I don't know, like kind of like you said, second second uh, English, second language, and just kind of like ha- where their place as far as Hallville. I I don't know what else do you expect from Hallville. You know what I mean? So well, we serve in the urban core, right? And so yeah. when you think about serving in the urban core, who often lives there? Not all charters parents population they are diverse by design right and so they are intentionally 50 50 they intentionally ensure that their design is 50 50 but if i if i so for us these are the children that were at the school last year right so we are a charter took over an existing indianapolis public school but folks are making white families are making other choices for their children. So they're choosing St. Richard's over, you know, the school down the street, yeah, right? Or yeah, they're choosing yeah. the CFI. So if if you look at Indianapolis Public Schools and you look at their data, like families are making some real choices around where they're sending their children. So School 84, which is in uh, Kessler Meridian neighborhood, it's uh, 98% white. School hmm. 70, uh, which is... Are these charters? Or they're public? No, they're, they're traditional tra- publics. Oh, yeah. Tra- you said School 88. My bad, my bad. Yeah, my bad. so these are traditional publics. Which uh, you would never hear that from IPS. You're thinking like... If you know, if you, if you say any number school, you think that, you think that's all straight black kids up in there. Right. <laughs> that, that is not the case. Yeah, so what's happening yeah. is charters are, tra- are traditionally in neighborhoods or in areas where children deserve a choice, right? If I live in Kessler Meridian, I've got choice because I can afford to generally speaking and I'm I'm really generalizing but I can afford a, a private school if that's the choice I choose to make yeah. but school 84 is a good school so I don't have to make that choice true, right true. in 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 the in other parts of the urban core if there weren't charters families wouldn't have necessarily have choices because I may not be able to afford the private school down the street and so if I can't afford the private school down the street what other options do I have than to send true. my child to this school that is not been serving children well for a long time. And so charters provide a choice to families who might not otherwise have one. And I think, in my lowly opinion, that's really the fair thing to do. Everybody should have a choice in where they send their children to school. And I said that Absolutely. at the top. Like, I, I said that from the beginning, right? Yeah, you but did. You did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody should have a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, a quick clarif- clarifying question. Um, Because you you mentioned, and I can't remember what school you said, but you said one is diverse by design or is like 50-50. Yeah. How do you do, how how does a school achieve that by design without turning people away? So uh, they do kind of have to turn people away, but they that is a part of their charter to be diverse by design. If you look up here in high school, it's also one of the highest performing schools in the state of Indiana, um, but they are intentionally diverse. So they have written into their charter that they will ensure that they, they are as close to 50-50 as they can possibly be. And I'm sure, uh, is, I'm sure that's probably in the case of making it more diverse yeah 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 that's the point yeah like hey, we gotta get some black kids in here too you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah Absolutely. i just was curious on like how they was choosing who to accept and who to turn away or you know what i mean like that's i just figured that gets real tricky you know what i mean yeah but i don't, I don't know. know 
Yeah, I don't know their system or how their system works, but I know they're doing really good work for children. They just opened their second their second high school, Riverside High School, uh, over yeah, over in the Riverside area, and then they're opening an elementary school. Uh, maybe this fall or soon, but so uh, an elementary school is in the works. So you know, Scoob, who was just on with us, uh, TC, mm-hmm. uh, his son—that's where he goes to school, Heron. So okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah man. So Alicia, man, we thank you, man. You answered a lot of questions. I think this will give a lot of people who didn't know what charter schools were and or. Um, you know, had some some negative thoughts. I think you answered a lot of those questions. It made me be like, "Oh, I didn't know that." You know what I mean? So, I think it's uh, uh, we ready to we ready to step we ready to step in and be a part of the past school and stakes is high. You know what I mean? But we we'll talk off mic. It's all good. We we'll talk about that oh, yeah. later. <laughs> talk about that later. <laughs> Thank you yeah. for having me. I yeah. really appreciate it. So, yeah, man. Um, great, great conversation. Appreciate the love. We, yeah, man. We love it. Um, if anybody is interested in to looking into more, you know, about, you know, what, what you have going on at school or interested in, you know, um, joining the program of regardless of however, bringing their kid there or however they can support, where can they find you or look you up and everything or, you know, get the website. Yeah. So our website is thepathschool.org, path, P-A-T-H. So thepathschool.org is our website. Uh, You can actually, you know, go on and register your children there. Uh, We are on all social media uh, at, you know, Facebook, Path School, Instagram, Twitter, uh, The Path School. I think Twitter might be path underscore school or something like that. But yeah, so all social media and our website. Cool man, perfect. And whoever running that Twitter, don't don't act, react like TC and get suspended on that mug. <laughs> <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> she keeps us together. Yeah, man. she ain't worried about no Kurt. Like TC just quoted Kurt. He, he you quoted him and they still kicked you. <laughs> yeah, bro. Quoted. So him. like, I haven't. I don't know what's going on. I'm fasting from social media from for Lent, so I'm like out of the, the Kurt. Luke, I just know uh, I heard it on the radio this morning. Like what? Yeah. So basically, yeah, they had some family <laughs> drama, and I guess him and his son have been going back and forth with issues and whatnot. And his son recorded uh, a conversation that the two of them had, where Kirk Franklin got a little heated. He went straight. He went. Straight, uh, he, was, he, he went straight hood. Yeah, he used some <laughs> choice words, you know. Yeah, okay. Called him old bit, bitch ass and. I'm gonna put my foot so, in. I'm gonna put my uh, foot in your ass. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was a little. It was a little. You know. Is this a grown son? Yes, yes he's thirty. Oh man! Exactly. Hey, you yeah. recorded that? He recorded it and posted it, and so there yeah. There may be there may be some truth to what Kurt has to say, and, and that's what most people say. Like that's he needed it. Yeah. Like this did not work out how he thought it was going to work out. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. This like everybody riding with Kurt. And he went and made a Kirk made a you know a video apology, and I'm like everybody like man you ain't had to do yeah, that we riding exactly. with you <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but anyway, man. So yeah, that that was that was idiot worthy. We could have made that idiot of the week, man. Absolutely. But, yeah. So, but Alicia, man, we we really 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 thank you for taking your time out of your evening, man, and giving us this, giving us your background, man. I just wanted people to you know uh, this is Woman History Month, and you. Definitely was somebody I had in mind that I wanted to to honor and give your flowers and be like, yo, let's get we have to get Alicia on and you know, um 
you know just just talk about the dope things you're doing you know thank so you. thank yeah. you i appreciate it yeah and you make me yeah. feel real old on this 31st delta versary uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. y'all ain't do don't worry about it don't even worry about it you and your saints y'all ain't do no zoom call no text <laughs> message or nothing uh not we not. didn't at all you and usually we go away like we do we take a trip somewhere so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. interesting interesting year what yeah. is so, so, you know. yeah. so hopefully we you know we coming out of it i think so man these vaccines and i see people you know Have y'all vaccinated no nah, i'm not are you y'all not y'all not doing it I'm scheduled for next week. Are you? My daughter nice. has, yeah, my daughter's had both shots, so okay. she gave me a little hope that, okay, She's, uh, she's done them. She cool, yeah. My, you know, my I'm not dad, against it. I'm not against it. Like stepmom just got there. Both yeah, shots. Yeah. They, my they dad really got hit. Yeah, my dad got his. I'm not against it, man, to each his own. Uh, I just haven't, I don't know, I just haven't scheduled it. Never well, I, you know, I like to travel, so uh, she's trying to figure out how to celebrate her 21st birthday. She's like, Mom, I can't get into Europe. I can't get into New Zealand. Where can I go? I'm like, you can go to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you could go, go to Tulum. You go to Mexico. <laughs> like, uh, Mexico ain't tripping. <laughs> I don't know. But so I'm going to, I, I'm jumping on a flight in a couple weeks and I'm thinking, uh-oh. But I've flown. I mean, I travel. Yeah. I've been. They're making you wear that mask when that plane anyway you know it seems yeah, like they're sure. kind of prepped on that but, but I yeah, won't fly Delta I won't fly anybody else okay because I need a seat in between me and the person don't yeah, Southwest was doing that and I don't know if I don't they might still be I don't know Southwest was one of the airlines that they, were putting people in uh, between I think everybody was up to a certain point and I want to say that certain point was like December of last year's when they ended it because um, I took a the, my last flight I took was like October of last year and uh, it was still that seat in between but then I remember seeing a, a statement not, about like at, like after like December they was do, they done with that <laughs> I not Delta because I, I flew Delta yeah. in January so I flew back well so I came home from Hawaii in January uh, and I we still were a seat apart Nice. I'm trying to think the last time I flew. I flew with Southwest. It was after that. It was like during the corona. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, man. We'll uh you know, we'll, we'll let's let's just stay prayed up, man, on this world to kinda hope hope it slowed down, seemed like it, and just like you said, hope this vaccine kinda gives people a little bit more hope and the world start getting back normal, man. Whatever we want to call normal, hopefully it gets back to something. Yeah, because yeah. boy, yeah. I'm tired of this. So yeah. You and me too. All right, job. Yeah, but Alicia, thank you. And we appreciate you, you know, giving us your time this evening. And uh yeah, man, we'll we'll definitely be waiting for you to do the next big thing and you be you have a home here at the Stakes High. You family now. Well you've been family, but you this your first time on, but now you you ain't a guest no more. Come on back. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. We'll do. Yeah. Thank All you. All right, we'll talk to you. All right now. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, man. Uh T C brother, if they wanna listen mm-hmm. to this episode and they wanna hear this over and over and over where can they find us brother at Stasis High Pod that's on Facebook Instagram and Twitter all of our episodes you can find on SoundCloud iTunes Google Play Stitcher iHeartRadio and Spotify and if you have any comments questions concerns or interested in being a guest on the show 
please shoot us an email to stasishighpod at gmail.com. Cheer! Cheer! All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. And please, if you have uh, any type of opinion, prejudgment about something, man, just look a little bit further into whatever it is you're prejudging and have that opinion on. Hey, there's always someone out there that might know someone that can give you a little bit more education on it. And just, you know, hey, man, listen to the Stakes is High. We'll try to help you out. All right. Thank you for listening to Stakes is High podcast. Peace. Peace.